0: wildfire podcast is an extension of wildfire ministries an organization that has a focus of igniting men and women of god into a deeper discipleship with christ instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue christ wherever that leads that god's truth will spread like a wildfire hey everyone how's it going welcome back to another podcast peter what's going on
1: Today we're talking about Luke's favourite topic himself.
0: Yes, narcissism at its
1: finest. We're talking
0: about Luke. We are just talking about me. Let's talk about what do you think about
1: me, Peter? Oh, my goodness. I would leave right now. For We're... you. Look. Thankfully, there is a more interesting look in the Bible that we can look at. Um, and he is a doctor and it's much more successful and more brilliant than you are, Luke. So. <sighs> wow. It wouldn't be hard, to be honest with you, Peter. wouldn't yep, be hard. There you go. <laughs> okay. So just to set us up for the Gospel of Luke, it's one of the four Gospels found at the start of the New Testament. And um, the author of this book is called Luke and uh, he's mentioned a few times in the epistles. So, for example, in Colossians 4, he's referred to as the beloved physician or doctor. Um, Luke accompanied Paul from Troas on his second missionary journey, so he was in constant contact with Paul, and Paul wrote most of the New Testament, so it's a pretty pretty good source to be in contact with. Mm -hmm. Um, A few interesting facts about the book of Luke is he provides 20 miracles of Jesus, 23 parables, and 18 of these parables are unique to Luke alone, and not mentioned in any other gospel. So it's a nice insight there. And Luke has a particular focus on prayer. The combined Gospels record that Christ prayed a total of 15 times. Eleven of these are recorded in Luke alone, and Luke, f- or recorded by Luke, and Luke focuses not only when Jesus prayed, but Jesus' teaching on prayer. Um, the book is thought to have been written between 58 and 60 AD and passed the proximity test with flying colors. So, you're a historian, Luke. Give us a. <laughs> yes, so basically,
0: um, because of what the, uh, the material, because of the papaya that the Gospels were written on, we don't actually have the original. But this is the same for all history of antiquity. So you've got writings of Aristotle, uh, the writings that relate to Caesar, um, Socrates, all of these writings, because of the papaya, we don't have the original. So the proximity test is, when was the earliest manuscript written? uh, And how many manuscripts are there? So if you have a manuscript that relates closest to the actual event that it's talking about, and you have several manuscripts, then that is very reliable. That's the proximity test. And this is what we're saying here is the Gospels pass with flying colours, 24,000 manuscripts, 5,700 are original Greek manuscripts, that's the eclectic texts, uh, and they're written all within a century of the event. Which, in contrast to the writings of Aristotle, are a thousand years after the event, and they have eight to ten manuscripts. So, and that's considered reliable with regards to antiquity. So, that's what we meant by that.
1: That's good news for us, as people yes, are interested exactly. in the Bible. Uh, the book's also addressed to Theophilus, um, which means lover of God, and that's the same as the book of Acts as well. So, they're both addressed to Theophilus. Um, the style of the book and the vocabulary indicate that Luke was appealing to a Greek audience, uh, Gentiles, and this influences or represents the universe, universality of the gospel. Um, Luke's gospel is also refined, and it has been compared to other classical Greek writings. Um, Jesus is portrayed as the long-awaited Messiah or the Son of Man, as he's referred to quite co- quite often in the Old Testament, and um, the Savior of all mankind. And there's also special emphasis on the kindness of Jesus extended towards women, the weak, poor children outcasts and those who are suffering um and hebrews 4 is has a nice verse in relation to this which is for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin which is what Luke's gospel sets up really well mm-hmm. so look i'm going to hand over to you shortly because we have looks <laughs> a level notes with us today um, yes i would hold them up for the camera but Luke has ocd and has led them out in a very particular way so he'd probably slap me or something if i I'll just I'll them Okay,
0: I'm gonna to attempt to do it. Okay. I'm gonna to attempt to and do it.
1: Try and hear it on the audio. Can all the people who are listen to the podcast the, can they these, see it? All we, these pages. Yeah. 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 It's it's so quite, we're gonna be here for an hour. Yeah, this is an extra long podcast. Get ready. This is basically looks at levels A resa- <laughs> level exam recited. Shout out to Miss Craig and Mr. Glenn. And uh so the breakdown of this and of looks notes that we're gonna talk about is um Kind of the main themes of Luke are the construction of Luke's gospel and the sources he used. That is exciting, by the way,
0: just in case people think that's boring.
1: Well, you've set the bar high, Luke, so please make that exciting for us. (laughs) Uh, The purpose of Luke's gospel, the characteristics of Luke's gospel, the parables of Luke's gospel, and the miracles of Luke's gospel. So Luke, what category do you want to start with first or theme? Well, I think what we
0: should do is we should talk about the characteristics of Luke just to get uh, you know some broad strokes as to what Luke's actually conveying throughout his gospel. So one of the characteristics of Luke is the universality of the gospel, okay? Which is quite difficult to say, and I, that's the first time I've pronounced it right, but okay. Um, whereby Luke's gospel was written for everyone. There's a, f- a clear focus on including the minorities. That is that the message of Jesus Christ was of salvation, one of hope and unity, that we are unified through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's in relation to Galatians 3.28, Neither slave nor free, neither uh, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And um, so that there, that there verse in Galatians can literally be used to epitomise Luke's gospel. Uh, throughout Luke, he talks about uh, smartans Samaritans, which were a group seen as radically impure by the Jews. Uh, however, Luke presents Jesus as being accepting to the Samaritans. Luke ten, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan being the most obvious one. Uh, the poor. In Jewish society, the common belief was that poverty was a punishment from God. Luke does not believe this. His concern for the poor is shown throughout the gospel uh, in Luke chapter 2 verse 7 and Luke chapter 9 verse 58. Uh, Luke even presents Jesus being in poverty throughout his ministry. We don't uh, see that the son of the living God doesn't have an accumulation of wealth. Rather, the Bible, in Luke, he records that the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was constantly on a, a ministry journey and, and finance, money was in the central focus. Uh, so again, uh, that's what that Hebrews verse is saying. Jesus is able to empathize with these people, these outcasts and, and the poor, for example. Women is a particular focus. Uh, Jesus presents his concern for women several times. He includes twelve women that are not referred to in any other uh, gospel. In Luke one twenty six twenty eight, the angel Gabriel was sent to her. Emphasis uh, on uh, Elizabeth. Emphasis on Mary. Emphasis on that uh, the story of the incarnation,
1: which is interesting because the Bible is to be very, by some, to be very anti woman. Yeah, and the church as well. Some people say that, but we can yeah. see the founder of our. Our entire body of believers was very real yeah. woman, and um, yeah, yeah,
0: it's self-evidently clear, and not just in the New Testament, mm-hmm. in the Old as well, because the Bible is just uh, displaying the character of God, and the God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. So, uh, to me, this is just uh, if this didn't include this, I'd be very confused, like the gospel accounts and how Jesus treats women, because Jesus is God. How God treated women from uh, the beginning to uh, turn to past to eternity future is one with respect and dignity. And um, so uh, in that society, the women were seen as second class citizens, inferior to men, regarded as property of their father. Women had no voice in legal matters. However, Jesus literally just uh, changes uh, all of this. He instills them, uh, Jesus' ministry instills uh, in, in the law what was lost, and that was love, especially with regards to women, uh, how they're uh, equal. Uh, equal partners, equal in nature. Um, so another focus is children. Uh, again, these were uh, people, uh, another group who were seen as inferior and had no influence. However, uh, Luke 180 says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. Luke 7.12 says, Jesus raises a widow's only son. Uh, again, showing the empathy of Jesus, showing the motive of Jesus that uh, even uh, children, women, uh, the the um. Samaritans, all of these groups of people who are seen as inferior or outcasts, Jesus has a particular focus on all of these people, all these groups of peoples. Uh, the tax collectors uh, often categorized with sinners. However, uh, again, Luke shows Jesus' concern uh, with the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, the very little man who climbed up the sycamore tree. Great yeah. story uh, And also just this, uh, for sinners in general That is Luke had a particular concern For showing Jesus had come for the immoral Jesus said I have not come to call the righteous But sinners Which is good news for everyone Because that's mm. what we all are uh, And Gentiles Luke himself was a Gentile uh, And uh, so he had a keen interest of showing that uh, The Gentiles That was who the Messiah had come for Also Luke twenty-four forty-seven, Forgiveness of sins should be preached to all nations So the Great Commission so that's just one characteristic of Luke's gospel and that's the universality of the gospel but that is woven right throughout Luke, it's a clear emphasis because he himself was a Gentile. Yeah. Um, other themes is that Luke is, the, uh, another characteristic is that Luke is the most comprehensive, uh, joy and praise uh, are self-evident throughout Luke, uh, Luke uses seven different words for joy and repeats them 36 times throughout the gospel. Again, these are just really interesting uh, interesting facts, interesting analysis from from Luke on mm-hmm. these uh, characteristics. Uh, we also have that there is a theocentric uh, focus uh, throughout Luke's gospel. Uh, that is, he, he's w- wanting to display the divinity of Jesus along with the humanity. So that hypostatic union that God is both, uh, or Jesus is both man and God. mm mm-hmm. Uh, and uh that's when you have those titles such as you know this son of son of god son of man son of man as you said is a particular emphasis
1: yeah and that's so in the gospels in general i'm not sure it look but in, the, in overall the gospels that's the title jesus, jesus most to refer to himself as the son of man and um, which is probably seen best in daniel chapter 7 where the son of man is given dominion over all all creation and um, by the father and it's a true claim to divinity, and whenever I was younger, I thought Son of Man is just him claiming to be human, but no, it's actually much more than that, that's him claiming to be divine, it's the exact opposite. Um, so it's, that, it's probably a bigger divine claim than Son of God, in some in Hebrew thought anyway, because um, there's only one person ever just said to be the Son of Man, and that was the Messiah, who was God, and given yeah. authority over everything, and... Uh, worship as God
0: yeah and Luke particularly emphasizes that Jesus is the fulfillment he is the Messiah that has come whenever he reads out Isaiah in the temple mm. he's like these things have come to pass that Jesus is I am the fulfillment of these things so he declares the proclamation that he is the Messiah that has been long expected for by the Jews
1: yeah
0: and that they shouldn't miss it another characteristic is uh, salvation. Uh, Luke uses the vocabulary of salvation more than any other New Testament author. It is used six times in Luke, e.g. Luke 1, uh, 69. Uh, he also uses the word saviour and save. Uh, so there's an emphasis on God's saving uh, power. God, for Luke, is the source of all salvation. Jesus is the agent of God's salvation. Uh, and uh, Simeon, for example, says uh, in Luke's account that this is God's salvation. salvation. Yeah, so... And there's an emphasis throughout about the the kingdom of God has come upon you uh, and how the kingdom of God brings this salvation that has been expected and the the establishment of of God's kingdom. Uh, With the coming of Jesus and his ministry, Satan is defeated. He conquered, delivered us from sin, death and disease. So Luke also identifies that salvation would bring peace, good news, joy, forgiveness of sins. This is evident whenever he says, I bring good news of great joy, born this day in the city of David, a saviour. So that was whenever Jesus was born Right from the start There's a focus of Jesus is the saviour He is the son of man Son of God Everything that has been expected The kingdom is coming Salvation is coming It's here Yeah (laughs) Um, So that is the particular uh, There are just some characteristics That are highlighted You know Universality, the gospel Joy, praise, salvation uh, And there's many more But Time does not permit us (laughs) To go Go into them So this is it This is one I said Would be exciting And that's the construction of Luke's gospel um, so uh, do you know anything about the, the sources of, of of Luke I know you're not the historian yeah but... I, I
1: just imagine it's similar to the other gospels where, except Luke wasn't a disciple so he would have had to gather all the sources from primary sources is that right so he would yes. have had to interview all those involved with the ministry of Jesus so all those who saw him after the resurrection those kind of things and would have had to gather the facts from them mm-hmm. and as a doctor he probably would have done it in quite a logical way yeah. and broken it down very
0: meticulous yeah so Luke does not tell us about any of his sources but uh he's not an eyewitness himself as you said uh Luke used both oral and written sources and again people say that oral testimony is not reliable but within a court of law an oral testimony is like a deal breaker sometimes they're the eyewitnesses who've witnessed the murder so to say that that is just uh it just is rendered useless is is foolish yeah Again, I'm just going into history, but I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Luke had contact with Paul, who in turn had contact with eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus. So Paul, was, uh, again, Luke has, is, again, dealing with all these eyewitness eyewitness sources. Uh, and
1: Paul himself was an eyewitness of Christ in his yeah. resurrected form uh, on the, um, where was it, on the road to... Damascus. Damascus, yes, I blanked there. On the road to Damascus, he had, he had the vision of Christ. Yeah. And... uh also, which is mentioned in Acts, which Luke also wrote so yeah. that before he interviewed Paul, about this experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. So and he went in and he went and talked to the disciples in Damascus. He also went and met up with, I'm pretty sure it was James and Peter at a later stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, scholars estimate it was around, you know, 68 years after the death of Jesus. So again, uh, and this is this history that has been recorded again, the proximity test. It's so close to the event that's recorded, so it's saturated in eyewitness accounts, that is uh, Luke's gospel, and all the gospels for that matter, but um, Luke would have met many other people in Jerusalem, uh, Jerusalem not just Paul uh, and uh, Mark, who was, they were closely linked, uh, for example, Joanna in Luke 3, and Joanna, the wife of uh, Chusa Herod's steward, this is where he got his information on Herod's household, for example, okay. so do you see the insight, so Joanna's given us insight into Herod's uh, household, which Luke then and return talks about how it's high school. Looks. Yeah. Uh, Luke would have been able to question other important people in New Testament at this time. Luke's dead with Philip and Evangelist Acts 21 8 verse uh, verses 8 to 10 tells us that. Um Mark was a close friend of Luke. So this is vi This is one of the key quintessential sources that Luke uses. Um, uh, Luke had close contact with Mark, um, and uh, most scholars would agree that Luke used fifty percent of Mark's material. It accounts for about thirty five percent of Luke's gospel.
1: So, if Luke if Luke was writing this as a uni exam, he would have got uh, plagiarism plagiarism strike. <laughs> no, he would have uh, he uh, footnotes, footnotes would have sourced yeah. it because uh, I didn't know that, so he always didn't <laughs> yeah it, right. yeah
0: no. Uh, Look, even in chapter one, he displays it. He says like, "This is my account." and he uh, basically comes from a historical vantage point. Mm. Here's all the uh, sources that I've... So he does reference in footnotes, so yeah. perhaps he would have got a first at the end of it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so, Luke, however, does alter Mark's language and style. He refines Mark's writing to make it uh, better, does away with some of Mark's more, what, what he would consider redundant phrases in the sense, because okay, it's all God's word mm-hmm. and all scripture is God breathes, in the sense of what Luke was trying to convey. For example, those characteristics, the universality of the gospel, these things. So that's why you find uh whenever people say why does Luke's gospel not include this from Mark? That's because it doesn't fit with the narrative that is being presented by Luke. Mm-hmm. The narrative that has been given to him by God. Yes. And, and two
1: narratives can be true at the same time. Exactly. They just they're just
0: different things. Yeah. It's like a diamond. It's just showing different facets yeah. of what God wants to reveal. Through different people, so the Gentile ministry, universality of the gospel, okay. God has chosen a Gentile, <laughs> yeah. to display that, and so that's why Luke orientates a lot of his language, stories, parables around that because he's been given that purpose. And mm-hmm. um, then you have Mark again, he has uh, different purposes, Ma- Matthew has different purposes, John has different purposes, which we don't have, we won't get into now, but anyway, uh, Luke also used um, source known as Q material from a German word meaning keel, Kill meaning source. Okay. Don't know how to pronounce that. Um, he also used what is called L-, L material, L material, which was exclusive to Luke and Luke alone. Um, so some scholars, very interesting, believe that there did exist a previous draft of the gospel, a shorter version called Proto-Luke, consisting of Q and L material before the inclusion of of Mark. Um, so... Yeah, uh, a lot of the, the stories, the parables that we have uh, do not appear in the other Gospels, and this is Elm material. That is, it is exclusive specifically to Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, talking about how that's linked to the purposes and how that, that differs which, with each Gospel writer. So again, that's the construction of Luke's Gospel briefly. That is like how, uh, I think it's quite interesting because usually we just come from this, uh, like a theological echo chamber, and we just like, Okay, here's the <laughs> New Testament Gospels, that's divinity, and here we go. But there's actually no, you know, there's history behind it. Yeah. So how did, was this
1: created and I, drafted I and formed? A, I have a question for you. I've just thought of Look, Oh, no. Um, this might be a left field for you. Um, the reason Luke has so much new material compared to the rest of the Gospels, so many parables aren't mentioned and that kind of thing, would that be because these other disciples, well, John and Matthew, for example, they're writing from their points of view and what they've witnessed? But could look be drawing in other sources from other people who maybe witnessed different things than these disciples? Mm-hmm. And is that why these things aren't maybe included by the other disciples because they're yeah. just from other eyewitnesses? Is that that totally fair makes sense? Assumption? That totally makes sense for me. Yeah, okay. because
0: again, you've got this idea of like, what are the authors trying to convey? Yeah, what have they been given? What mm-hmm. divine uh, purpose have they been given whenever they're writing? But then you've also got that sense of what is. Paired within that or intrinsically woven, for example, mm-hmm. Luke and his purpose of the universality of the gospel is he wants to get different angles, Uh he wants to come at it from a completely different angle as Matthew or Luke or, or Matthew or John would. Yes, Luke is uh, centrally focusing on the eyewitness testimonies of bystanders or mm-hmm. bystanders, like people who were looking in on this, people who seen it. And so, that's the whole point is like we have all these gospels to put together. To get one narrative of the life of Jesus, yeah, and so we have all of those are taken separate whilst they're one book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. They're four separate documents that each reveal different aspects of God's ministry and come at it at different angles, like you said. So there's a lot to it, but yeah. and yeah. um, the purpose of Luke's gospel again, this is what we're highlighting. What was Luke's purpose again? Universality was talked about. Um, but Luke makes it evidently clear. Uh, through the prologue on what his purpose for writing the gospel is and uh, Gothry which is a scholar he says that where an author specifically states his own intention that must always be giving more weight than any scholarly conjectures so let's just say what what's Luke's purpose well let's just look at what he said his purpose was <laughs> instead of looking at what scholars say uh, Luke states in uh, chapter 1 verse 3 to write an orderly account for you that is to Theophilus uh, this does not specifically mean chrono- chronologically uh, but instead a systematic way or a thematic way um, depending on on, on wh- where it's presented. Um, so he's basically saying to Theophilus that you may know the truth concerning the things which you have been informed. So Theophilus, uh, there's suggestions as to what he is, how he was a Roman official, and then Luke is trying to inform him of, yes, what you've heard about Jesus is true. Here's all the anic- anecdotes. Here's all the eyewitness testimony and, and uh, the Q material, L material, and here it is. So there's a political purpose because he wanted to defend Christianity against the Roman authorities, uh, who are representing Jesus uh, and Christianity as this, some form of sect uh, that could be militarised or, uh, again, all these false things and Luke's trying to say, clarity, this is not true, which yeah. is something we have to do. Mm-hmm. We have to do, because there's so many different perceptions of what Christianity is, but we need to say, no, that's not true. <laughs> this is what, biblical Christianity is. And that's what Luke's sort of doing in this climate from the beginning. Uh, he also has uh, two main purposes. in is an historical and a theological one. Um, Marshall says that Luke can properly be understood as a theologian only when it's recognised that he also uh, is an historian. So Luke uses the word diogesis, which was a common word used by contemporary historians. So again, not including the other Gospels, but this, Luke is coming from a very systematic chronological account. Mm-hmm. So it's a political purpose. Yeah, But... A central focus is the theological purpose. Luke gives uh, a religious view of history. he's writing about uh, special events, but again Luke uh, is again focusing on the salvation history. Uh, one of his purposes is to show the theological continuity from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That is this is one story pointing towards Jesus Christ salvation offered to all, universality of the gospel. So again, whilst it's important to talk about the characteristics, the construction, to understand that these are all historical, reliable and we've got good foundation, don't miss the central purpose, which is our eternal security Mm -hmm. and our need for salvation, redemption, which Luke emphasises. There's also a sociological purpose, also a polemical purpose. Uh, He attacked the idea of heresy, false teaching, uh, Gnosticism at that time that was flourishing. So Those are again all uh, examples of purposes of Luke. Uh, let's see, what's, what's the time? Okay, we have a bit, we have like four minutes roughly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh We can talk about the parables yeah. of uh, of Jesus, and also, perhaps maybe, some miracles. So, do you know anything about parables,
1: what's your understanding? Any parables stand out for you in, in Luke? Yeah, I've been hearing recently about, I think it's in Luke 19, the parable of the ten minas, uh, or the ten coins, I guess you could say, where um, right. 10 servants are given a coin each and the master leaves and s- certain servants make profit off the coins and by investing it and then some servants turn up and say oh master I've still got the coin for you and they've made no profit or interest on it at all and the master actually takes that money from them and gives it to the person who's made money Um, so I I've been learning just about the idea that we some people are just happy enough and I have been the periods in my life to just sit yeah, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm happy enough. I'm, I'm reading my Bible every day, that kind of thing. But am I actually using my talents for to make profit? Am I actually profiting the kingdom, or am I just staying static? Mm-hmm. And am I content with that? Um, and it's the idea of like discontentment, where you want to always be reaching higher and aiming to reach more people for the kingdom and bring back interest. And like, <laughs> God bought you with a price, which is the blood of His Son. Um, you're an investment for the kingdom. Don't. Like God's investment go to waste by yeah. basically, obviously you can sin and stuff, which is the worst thing to do. But even by just staying still, you're you're not really God's not getting a return on in his investment. There, he wants you to actually go out and make a difference for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Any more parables stand out? You want to talk about?
0: <laughs> um, well. First of all, like, um, so that was, that's an amazing one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is a parable, though? The, the term parable comes from the Greek word parabolo, meaning comparison. It is a figurative saying or story where there is comparison between the literal meaning and the religious and moral teaching. Um, so Jesus' parables are not feebles, uh, because feebles would have personified animals and plants. So people just come and just dismiss them and say that these are feebles and other religions were using it, but... Jesus was dramatically different parables. And, you know, uh, Jesus spoke parables and allowed you to really meditate on it, think about it, work out the meaning for yourself. But also, like one of the verses confused confuse people is that, um, that it might deafen the ears of people. Um, it's like referencing Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then people are like, well, why would Jesus do that? Does he not want people to have clarity? The whole point is that you can't understand anything in your sinful nature. Come to Jesus like the disciples did and
1: yeah. ask. Yeah, and John MacArthur, I think he talks about our job is preachers of the gospel is to polarize people they'll either accept it or they'll uh, be re- repelled by it but that's not that's their choice it's up to us to mm. give them that choice and Christ did that and Jesus did that in his teaching in his parables yeah uh, the parable of the lost son is one of our favourites Luke 15 yeah yep. I, get smart. I was learning about that today actually uh, so, uh, I was I was, re- I was listening to another podcast about uh, the reunion between Jacob and Esau and they compared it to the parable of the uh, prodigal son it only it was the parable, of the parable of the prodigal brother uh-huh. So there are lots of skill cool comparisons there, but I can't really go and do it more with the time we've got. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, that that, that is an, yeah, that's an amazing story. Again, there's so much content <laughs> yeah. to cover. And look, we, again, in all these podcasts, we just want to, you know, whet the appetites of people to go and search it for themselves, mm-hmm. provide a few foundational points that they maybe didn't know beforehand. Yeah. Uh, act as a springboard that allow you to go into further, further study of this. Um, we have like 30 seconds, maybe yeah. a minute. I know how to close.
1: Okay. So you heard Luke. He just got the geek out and all his A-level notes there. And we were discussing earlier about what A-levels my sister should do. So um, if she thinks she's going to be in a podcast in a few years' time <laughs> where she'll have to do an exegesis of Luke's gospel, <laughs> then pick A-level or e, Anna. That's the one to do. <laughs> Thanks yeah. very much for listening, guys. Uh, anything else to finish with Luke? Or are we done? No, we're all good, man. Lovely. See you next week, guys. All the best. Bye.